A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Zone. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We are going to be talking farming with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, catching up with us live this morning. The latest crop progress report shows that a lot of the harvest is really progressing at a pretty good clip. That's good news. Today, our weather not necessarily assisting us a lot. Cloudy skies on the way today. 71 are expected high. Cloudy skies tomorrow, 74. Thursday, a good shot of rain coming in along with thunderstorms. That's going to hang on through Friday. Thursday's high, 71. Friday projected at 74. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, has weather details on the way. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Forages are the queen of the crops in Wisconsin. Of course, we talk mainly about alfalfa when we talk about that. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and for the most part, this alfalfa crop has been bountiful this year, but uh, we're always looking for new things. And Aaron, you talked to some researchers down at the university about uh, a crop that they are researching. What is it? What are they finding out? And that's right, Bob. And well, don't you wish that you could always get both a forage crop and a grain crop out of the same field in the same year? Aaron Zimmerman here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And that's exactly what Valentin Picasso at UW-Madison is looking at with their experimental crop Kernza. I got a chance to talk with him a little bit about what the crop is and what they're doing on their research to make it most effective for farmers here in Wisconsin. Well, Kernza is uh, a new experimental crop that it's a perennial grass. It's a perennial forage grass, has been used for many years as a forage grass in the western United States, and there's the name of intermediate wheatgrass. And now it has been bred for increased seed yield. So it's the first perennial grain crop. So as you were saying, um, you can harvest grain and you can harvest forage out of the same crop. And because it's perennial, you plant it once and you can harvest for several years, both grain and forage. Now, what kind of yields as far as grain do you see coming off of Kernza? And does that really change at all over time uh, you know being a perennial crop is it the same yield every year or does it kind of drop off after time the grain yield right now it's it's still low compared to other annual grains we uh in our in our uh, experimental plots and on farm we've seen yields between 300 and 900 pounds per acre um, which is probably like a third of what you can harvest out of an annual crop. However, the value of this grain, it, it's very high. It's selling for a dollar per pound. So 
you know, if you if you harvest 500 pounds of kern sow in a year, um, you're getting 500 dollars per acre, um, which is is a pretty interesting um, income from from the grain. And then, of course, you have the forage, which is uh, another you know six seven tons of forage that you can harvest both in the spring, in the summer, or in the fall. In terms of the yields over time, the first year is when we see the highest yield, and then usually we see a decline in the second and third year, going you know 30 to 50 percent less than the than the first year. So we're still doing research and trying to figure out how we can avoid that yield decline. We're trying different management practices like fire and tillage and uh, thinning of the sand and fertilization. And we're, we're still under, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's an area that's still under research, how we can maintain the yields over time. One, one interesting thing is that the forage yields don't decline. So the, the, the plant is very perennial. The, the, the forage is produced year after year. Uh, it's just that it seems to put more into forage than into grain in the, in the subsequent years. Now let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned getting some decent prices for kerns of grain. Let's talk a little bit about the market. What kind of market is out there for this grain? Obviously, you know, grains like uh, wheat and oats and rye, those kind of things have been out there for quite a long time. What about this one? What kind of things are is it being used for? What are people looking for it? So uh, one of the main markets of Kern's uh, uh, grain is for beer. Uh, There's several uh, companies that are are making beer out of Kern's. The the first one is Patagonia Provisions, who's in the West. Uh, So they are buying as much Kern's as they can in order to produce the the long root ale uh, beer. Uh, We also have some local uh, breweries, uh, both in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and, and other states that are brewing kerns of beer. There's also the possibility of uh, milling the grain and, and making flour and, and doing, you know, baked goods. So there's local uh, bakeries and food companies that are also baking breads and muffins and cereal bars and, and other stuff that are demanding kerns. And then there's large companies like General Mills who is, is in the process of developing new Kernza cereal. They, they did a campaign a couple of years ago to raise awareness about Kernza, and uh, they're waiting to get, you know, more production. I mean, the Kernza is still a uh, crop that's grown by few farmers still, and so, uh, but they are interested in, in, in launching a larger cereal on, on Kernza. So there's there's both local and national markets that are, are growing for Kernza. Now let's go ahead and touch back on that forage part of things. It's kind of an interesting one that you say that you can get both grain and forage out of it in the same year. Now let's talk about that forage. Is it something that is primarily harvested as more of a dry forage for hay, those kind of things? Or is it something that people are looking to do, you know, a little bit more wet forage for haylage or silage, that kind of stuff? Well, the main thing would be hay. We harvest currents of forage at three times. So first, you can harvest early in the spring before the spikes start to elongate and, and it gets reproductive. So we have harvested the, the forage for hay there, or you can also graze it. It's very high-quality forage early in the, in the spring, high-protein, high-digestibility. Then we let the grain... I mean, then we, we let it go reproductive and, and, and until first week in August when we harvest the grain. 
And after harvesting the grain, we can bale five or six tons of dry hay, which is, you know, more like wheat straw, although it's still a little bit green. Uh, but that's low qual- low forage quality, uh, very high fiber. But a lot of people is very interested in that straw. And so it, that that's another product you can get. And then after the summer, it regrows. And in the fall, you can, again, you can graze it or you can harvest hay and you can get one or two tons of, of hay there in the, in, the late, uh, in the late fall. And that's also high protein, high digestibility, uh, low fiber. And so that's, that's another very good forage for cattle. Now, it's obviously a pretty quick growing plant, but another thing, you know, we noticed when you had your soil pit out there looking at the roots of Kernza. Talk a little bit about the root system that goes along with this plant. And, you know, not only does it help create a good solid base on this plant, but it can also help with some other things. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the main reason to to grow Kernza really is to maintain perennial roots on the land. The root system of Kernza is very dense and it's very deep. And so uh, year after year, you are accumulating carbon down the soil. So that's that's a benefit for, you know, uh, mitigation of, of, of climate change. So that's one important thing. But also carbon, it's very important for, you know, organic matter in the soil and all the biology and, and the microorganisms in the soil. And of course, because those roots are perennial and are absorbing nutrients year-round, uh, we are we are retaining the nitrogen, the phosphorus, and all the other nutrients in our land. So instead of getting those nutrients, you know, wash away down to the river or to the lake and polluting the lake, uh, by having these perennial roots, we are keeping our nutrients in the land and protecting both our soil and our water. So the most important thing of growing a perennial grain and forage crop is really that you are protecting your soil, avoiding erosion, protecting the water, and you know mitigating climate change. So all of those are the benefits of these deep perennial roots. All right, sounds great. Anything else that you'd like to add or you know, anything else that you'd like, to, like people to know about Kernza? Well, the, the main thing is Kernza is an experimental crop that it's attracting a lot of attention. And uh, we are interested in partnering with farmers to develop this uh, at, the right, at the right pace. That means we want, we want farmers to try it, but we also want to learn with the farmers what's the optimal management practices and how can we uh, grow this in a, in a safe way. That means that we don't want a lot of people growing it all of a sudden. Um, we want to be, you know, step by step building the, the supply of Kernza grain and the knowledge of Kernza management practices as the breeders also develop improved uh, varieties of, of Kernza. Valentin Picasso, associate professor at UW-Madison, working on studying and experimenting with Kernza, the perennial grain and forage crop they're looking to continue to grow now here in Wisconsin. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. What weather is in store for the Midwest today? Stay tuned as ag meteorologist Stu Muck gives you the latest forecast in just moments, right here on the Midwest Farm Report. This looks like a car. It has tires. 
Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngkin. Well, as you can imagine, a lot of folks paying very close attention to Wisconsin weather. How you doing, everybody? Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke. Glad to bring you up to speed with Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, joining us live this morning. Yeah, you know... Uh, a lot of fo- a lot of parked equipment over the past forty eight hours worth of time, Stu. Uh, we did a pretty good job putting a dent in on our corn and soybeans as far as harvest is concerned. But a lot of a lot of equipment now sitting at the ends of the fields, you know. Yeah, we had that moisture in southeast Wisconsin, the heaviest moisture. Now we need it to dry up a little bit. How about we do that? All right. I didn't think anybody would have a problem with that, although it won't be a sunny, nice day that really dries it out. We're not going to add any new moisture today or into the day Wednesday. And the temperatures stay a little cooler than they've been, but putting that in perspective, still above normal for this time of the year. Mid and upper 60s, those are our normal highs. And and we're going to be staying on the above side there, above normal, there's no doubt. And a little bit of a breeze out of the northeast, that should help to dry it somewhat. What's going on is low pressure is finally pulling away over toward Ohio. High pressure trying to build in should give us a little break here for a day or two. But we have to watch a system that's going to come up from the southern Mississippi Valley, push up into the mid-Mississippi, and then start moving northeast. That's the reason with that system and moisture building up that I expect, along with some clouds, 
There will be some rain chance. It could be late Wednesday night in far southern Wisconsin into Thursday, pushing further north and even northeast. So a little more likelihood that some rain will be seen in that southeast, oh, call it quarter, a third of Wisconsin, developing toward later Thursday and lasting into Thursday night. I think lacrosse shares in a bit of that rain chance as we wrap up Thursday or head to Thursday night, but not a great deal of precipitation. Could be another quarter to half from Thursday into the day. Friday will dry it out again as we head on at least toward early in the weekend. Some instability lingers. There's the unfortunate part. You know, we're going to get some new rains. It'd be great to have a couple of sunny, hot days to really dry it out or a couple of good breezy days. I don't see any of that happening, but then there'll be some instability. And as we wrap up the weekend, start next week, that uh, small chance of a little hit or miss shower kind of lingers around. So things are going to stay a little more sloppy, if you will, with some additional light moisture now and again. We're not just going to dry it out and stay dry. And that rain chance around again as we look toward Thursday, Thursday night, lingering into the day Friday. So if it dries up enough to make it a, a much easier job today and on into the day tomorrow, I guess those are the days to take advantage before things change again as we head toward the end of the week. I'll have those forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, let's have that forecast. You know, these these temperatures are actually a little warmer than I think a lot of folks expected. It's, it you know, over the weekend, it was almost, there was enough humidity out there, it was almost uncomfortable. Yeah, I noticed that Sunday trying to do things out in the yard that humidity level was up. Well, it was very mild, and we stay there. We're still above normal today, and although I expect it to be a mostly cloudy day, we ought to be around or in the low 70s. La Crosse could be our warm spot today, about 72. Northeast winds around 5 to 10. Could be a little fog at La Crosse and Boston late tonight, early Wednesday. The rest of us, I think, just hold on to mostly cloudy skies. Upper 50s, around 60 or so. East winds overnight, about 5. Still mostly cloudy. All right, partly sunny in the west. La Crosse and Boston tomorrow. A little more sun try to break through. Low to mid-70s with east winds at 5 to 10. And by Thursday, more clouds, that chance of scattered showers in the morning in the south, a shower, maybe a thunderstorm building in almost anywhere later in the day, still in the low 70s with east winds at 5. The rain sticks around Thursday night into the day Friday, Pam. Then we start to dry it out at least just to wrap up the week. You know, you talked about temperatures. I saw that map. Believe it or not, uh, the average first fall frost, 32 degrees or cooler, for Boston should have happened already in late September, and all the rest of us are in that normal first fall frost time right now huh. into October 10th, and everything I'm seeing, it's not going to happen. 
Well, you know, we and the only time that we ever got close was what uh, just before World Dairy Expo. Some of the folks in Central Wisconsin might have been right right near thirty two degrees, but boy, we've been yeah. far away since then. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, say October tenth is the cutoff date for a normal first fall freeze. Yeah, it's not happening this year. I did see a little chart here <laughs> indicating it could happen until it might hold off until late in the month. Wow! Wow! All right, there's your climate change for you. Hey, buddy. Uh, if that's how it's going to work, I, I'm not all against it. Uh, it. Not not right from this seat either. All right, good deal. Yeah. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. All right, see ya. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist with weather details you're looking for. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Have prairie exteriors add more value to your roof? Right now, get free gutters or leaf protection with the purchase of any roof. Imagine a new roof to highlight your home outlined by stunning, handcrafted gutters for free from Prairie Exteriors. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com there goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Brought to you by Cleary Building Corp. Built with pride before the shamrocks applied. Visit clearybuilding.com to explore their buildings. Equity Livestock Cooperative. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau is celebrating 100 years as the state's largest general agriculture organization. Join now at WF. BF.com. On August 25, 2021, the Madison Police Department was contacted by a Wisconsin resident living outside of Dane County. The reporting party told MPD that they received a call from a 608 area code. The caller identified himself as a fundraiser working on behalf of MPD collecting money for injured officers. When reporting the incident, the reporting party said they did not provide any money to the caller and that the caller hung up when the reporting party told them they were uncomfortable with the call. MPD is not involved in any telephone-based fundraising efforts and will not attempt to collect funds over the phone for any reason. MPD would like to remind residents to be extremely cautious if providing funds to anyone over the phone. Never provide funds in the form of gift cards and contact your local police department if you're suspicious of a call you have received. If you have any information regarding similar calls, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. 
Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. Interest rates are always fluctuating, but the signs are currently pointing to them going up. We've had low interest rates for such a long time. Let's make sure that you get in on it before it's gone. Call today and I'll show you how much you can save. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. And MLS number 222-652. Landscape Envy? That's what you create when you add Kalani Wash Decorative Stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. That's a pretty good night. I thought the energy was there, the effort was there. Sure, is there some stuff to clean up upon? Absolutely, there always is. Packers get a big win over the Pittsburgh Steelers at Lambeau Field. Here to cover it, talk about it all, our guy Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. Hi, Evo. Are we living today, brother? Uh, Did you get a nap in? You texted me at 3.30 this morning, Mike. Did you get your nap in at least? I got a brief nap in. Yes, I did, as a matter of fact. Okay, good. I I was waking up as you were going to bed, Mike, so I I wanted you to get a good nap in after seeing that Packers victory over the Steelers. (laughs) Well, crossing paths in the night. That's wonderful. (laughs) Like two ships in the middle of the night, Mike. So, you know, after the game, the first thing I did actually was to grab and see what was going over on the Steelers' side because – that's becoming, you know, quite the national story uh, about where these guys are at. To start out one and three, when people thought that they could, you know, be a powerhouse again, get their guys back from injuries from last year, and you know, really, where is Ben Roethlisberger at uh, at 39 years old? Big old six foot five, 240. I mean, he's been fun to watch. There's so many hits this guy has taken over the years, and getting into the game, he had like uh, eight sacks and hit. 23 times, so it brings into question the Steelers' offensive line. Of course, they've always been really good. But, you know, I've been around Ben a couple of times, and they covered him at uh, Super Bowl 45 down in Dallas, when mm-hmm. Packers and Steelers and a few other games. I cannot help, but when you're in the room with him and he starts talking, it's like Will Ferrell is up there. <laughs> you know? I mean, he starts saying things, and you're thinking like, you know, this is the guy from Anchorman or Elf up there. And he, he had another classic stupid line last night. You know, he's got this running back, Nigel Harris, big dude, powerful runner. 
But, you know, the Packers are doing a good job of containing, and Preston Smith got in there. Now, Preston, you know, left the game for a while with a shoulder injury. He was able to return. But Kingsley Kiki was making progress up the middle and helping out Kenny Clark. So Ben suggests that, you know, maybe if his young running back could just be a little bit more like a Hall of Famer, like, this is stupid. I mean, you know, that's like saying to a quarterback, Gee, Ben, maybe if you could just play more like Terry Bradshaw, you know, <laughs> if you could just play more like Bradshaw. So here's Big Big Benson. You know, were you disappointed on some of the uh, some of the plays you had to running back Najee Harris, who needs to run? He said that he needs to run more like the bus. Kind of started to get the run game going. We had some decent plays tonight, and you know, I think there's still more out there. Telling Naj. Get physical. You're big. Be big. Play big. Run through tackles. Don't avoid contact. Make contact. Be be scary. You know. I remember I got to play with Jerome, and Jerome created contact, and it was you know it was a, a game changer when he ran people over. Yeah, because his nickname was the Bus Mike. You know, and see these. This is this is the reason why you, you read these things like you know, Roethlisberger sort of talks himself out of the locker room from time to time, and. I don't know. That's just that, to me. I thought, okay, well, here's an, here's what the Pittsburgh writers are talking about. Sorry, Mike. Was that the Tomlin job? Huh? Sorry, Mike. I, I lost you for a second there. My headphones oh. cut out. My bad, oh, brother. Oh, they didn't. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I, I, I can still hear you. Okay. So sorry, my um, headphones cut out for a second. I had to plug them back in. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so the other thing that was a big drop off for uh, the Steelers in terms of their passing game. You know, you got Claypool out because of uh, injury, and you know the leading receiver. So you've got to rely on other guys. You know, like a guy who's been there now five years. He's still a young receiver, but Juju Smith-Schuster. They threw to him eight times. He only caught two. Two of them, and you know, Roethlisberger overthrew him. Mm. Uh, and so Mike Tomlin was talking about, you know, yeah, there's just things we need to execute better on offense. Their offensive coordinator, by the way is uh, Matt Canada, and that's a guy who was a, a, a quarterback coach for Bielema for, uh, I think, a year, back around 2012 or so. Anyway, uh, you know, so when, when Tomlin was talking about, you know, some of the inaccuracies, a reporter said, you mean like Juju Smith dropping the, uh, dropping the ball eight times? Yes, you guys know which ones I'm referring to. We, we got to have those plays, you know, particularly when we're, we're not playing as well as we'd like. You know, chunks eliminate a lot of execution, we say, in the coaching business. And by that, I mean, if you're not playing clean, splash plays or chunks of real estate aid you. In- From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We are going to be talking about the Crop Progress Report and what's going on with the dairy industry. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is going to be catching up with us this morning. Glad you're along with us. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today is the fifth day of October. couple funky items on this day in history that I found for us today. On this day in 1846, the first state constitutional convention met. They were in Madison. They had 103 Democrats at that time and 18 what was called Whigs back in 1846. They met talking about the first constitution in Wisconsin until December 16th 
1846. Honestly, the proposed Constitution for Wisconsin failed, and here's a few of the reasons why it failed. They would not accept an anti-banking article. They would not accept a homestead exemption, which would have gave a $1,000 exemption to any debtor. They would not accept providing women with property rights, and they would not accept black suffrage. Now, they did finally get the second constitutional convention underway in 1847 to 1848 and managed to get a constitution done at that time. But the first one, unsuccessful, kind of started on this day in 1846 for Wisconsin. On this day in 1962, James Bond made his theatrical debut. Remember, that's the fictional British spy with the code name 007 and has been on the big screen since then. At that time, back when it first started, Sean Connery was James Bond in Dr. No on this day back in 1962. And now you know. Well, we want you to know that uh, the crops are coming along beautifully. According to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, this week, Wisconsin farmers had 91% of their corn silage harvested. And as far as corn for grain, 12% already combined off. That's five days ahead of last year, nine days ahead of our five-year average. Corn moisture coming in on average 23%, according to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service. Soybeans, 31% of our soybeans are already harvested. That's nine days ahead of our five-year average. As far as potatoes, 71% of that crop is also harvested. We've got 59% of our winter wheat in the ground. That's about eight days ahead of our five-year average. Fourth cutting of alfalfa is wrapped up for most of the state, and 19% of the fall tillage has already been completed. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant decal brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with decal. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Compere Financial wishes farmers and agribusiness a safe harvest season. Stay in touch with your local Compere team throughout the year to see how they can help make your plans a reality. Exceptional client experience at the heart of everything they do. Visit Compere.com or call 844-426-6733 today. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are currently in the red ink. Right now we've got December corn down two and a half at five thirty eight and a quarter. The November soybeans are down a penny and three quarters at twelve thirty four. December wheat's down three and three quarters, currently at seven fifty two and three quarters. July new crop wheat down a nickel at seven forty four and a quarter. Some pretty dramatic moves yesterday as far as dairy was concerned. Barrel cheese gained four and a half cents to one seventy nine. Forty pound block cheese, that was down five and a quarter cents at one seventy nine and three quarters, while double A butter also dropped 
five and three quarter cents at one sixty nine a pound. We'll be talking about those fairly radical moves with John Heinberg in just a moment. Fluid milk contracts. The October milk closed seven cents stronger, eighteen twenty a hundred weight. November milk right now is unchanged at eighteen forty two. December milk yesterday closed fourteen cents stronger at eighteen oh one a hundred weight. Yes, World Dairy Expo is in the books, but we already have to start taking a look ahead to the 2022 show and what's beyond that. I talked about that with Scott Bentley, General Manager of World Dairy Expo. You know, they've already implemented some changes for next year's show, including the number of days that the trade show will be happening. And there's constant conversation in Dane County about changes, renovations, and reimagining the Alliant Energy Center grounds where World Dairy Expo is held. I talked with Scott Bentley about both those items. What we are looking at are some Expo Week changes for 2022, and those have been announced and shared publicly. And so we're actually going to extend World Dairy Expo from what has been traditionally a five-day event in terms of uh, admission at the gates to a six-day event starting with uh, youth competitions on Sunday and the tan bark, or excuse me, on, on the colored shavings, uh, and we'll conclude on Friday. But uh, having a five-day cattle show, a four-day trade show, uh, really uh, ramping up our educational and social opportunities, those are aligned with the feedback that we've gotten from our stakeholders across the spectrum of this industry that we need to also change with the changes that are forthcoming in the industry today. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about changes. People need to realize World Dairy Expo, a wonderful event on county-owned grounds that are looking at potential changes. Dane County looking at some revision, shall we say, of what this campus looks like. And I know World Dairy Expo, obviously one of those that's been involved in that conversation. Give me your sense right now, Scott, on how that's coming along because it's far from decided. Sure, I'll just give you the perspective that I hold today, which is that we have had a seat at the table and we're all very appreciative of that. Uh, this has been something that's been uh, uh, on the book, so to speak, for the for probably the last five yeah. years. And we don't know in the shoes that we're in how quickly it will evolve, but there certainly is a desire to uh, to make changes and improvements to this campus in terms of infrastructure and build out not only in the campus but in the surrounding area. Uh, and so we want to be a part of those changes. We want to ensure that our voice is heard and that we recognize anytime you make change, sometimes it's hard, but if you can reach out and look out far enough, it can be for the best. So. Uh, Some of the changes we're talking about, I think, can be very beneficial to World Day Expo, but we need to make sure that our voice is heard so that we can be a part of those changes to ensure that it aligns with the needs of our exhibitors, both dairy cattle and trade, as well as the attendees that come. You know, one thing that you had to maneuver through during the pandemic, and even today, is the fact that this show is located in Dane County, center of state government, a lot of eyes that are watching optics, a unique county compared to the rest of the state. When the pandemic was raging, and I know World Dairy Expo had to try to figure out what, where, how, you were courted by other locations to still try to have a show. Sure, I think that's an accurate statement. So we certainly spent the first uh, third of 2021 really evaluating our options, and we had a singular mindset of we will hold World Dairy Expo 2021 somewhere. 
come hell or high water, if you don't mind me saying that, that was uh, the mandate from leadership and certainly staff was on board with that. So we did our due diligence. We reached out to other venues, they reached out to us and we went through a very methodical process with our leadership, with board and committee members and ultimately some of the assurances that we received from the county and even elevated uh, beyond that uh, gave us the confidence that we could hold World Dairy Expo and we could hold it at the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin. There you have it, Scott Bentley, General Manager of World Dairy Expo, looking at changes immediately for 2022 as far as the show schedule and then looking beyond and trying to work with Dane County on the vision they've got for the Alliant Energy Center grounds where World Dairy Expo is held. Are you already looking ahead for next year? Again, as we said, the 2022 World Dairy Expo will include a trade show that happens Tuesday through Friday, The show dates for 2022, October 2nd through the 7th. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Coming up in a moment, our man, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend is going to catch up with us. Lots to talk about from the Crop Progress Report right on through to the massive moves we saw in dairy yesterday. Stick around for that very informative conversation next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. Freedom from fees means more to spend on what matters most. Our fee-free e-checking lets you easily manage your money. Our online and mobile banking with bill pay and person-to-person payments are all free. Freedom is found in the money you keep. Learn more at SettlersWI.com slash OpenMyAccount. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Opportunity Lender. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection is here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for all your residential and commercial plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. Focus on the future. Farm First represents dairy farmers in the halls of Congress and provides test verification, disaster assistance, and youth scholarship benefits. Farm First Dairy Co-op. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As promised, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us this morning. Before we get started with that conversation, another reminder about their website, totalfarmmarketing.com, and their toll-free number, 800 
334-9779. Well, let's jump right into it, John, because there's been a lot of news since we last spoke with you. First, let's go to the grains. Thursday, we got the grain stock report. Sometimes that can be a real barn burner when it comes to information. What did we see in the market? Well, basically, the biggest thing that came out of that report was the surprise on the soybean side of the equation, and that's what's kind of put bean prices now to, you know, basically a fall low here uh, and still trending lower. We got a jump in last year's crop. They went back and adjusted yield, adjusted some acreage, added 81 million bushels to last year's harvest. That carried through into the balance sheet to this year. So we bring an extra 80 million bushels into the carryout, you know, now so so that obviously was a negative to the market. The market has been reacting to that. Add to that the strong harvest pace that we've seen. And then we've seen some pretty good pressure in that soybean market here in the short term. On the other side, you know, we saw some good strength in the wheat market off of that report. Things came in there very friendly in terms of supplies. We got, some, you know, we saw some big drops in terms of production from that spring wheat crop, as well as, you know, some more acres lost in that regard. So the spring wheat, the wheat numbers came in below expectations. And since that report, wheat's really been a pretty good leader. Did see some correction back on it yesterday and so far this morning, but that wheat market is what's been pulling this, at least the corn market higher as corn numbers actually came in a little bit above expectations. So the big surprise was beans. We saw good support in wheat, and we'll see how that kind of plays out as we move forward here, uh, especially with harvest ramping up at this window. Yeah, and it really is ramping up, not just in Wisconsin. looks like across the United States we're ahead of average. Yeah, we got the numbers yesterday for, for progress. Basically, you know, bean harvest was the big jump, 34% done nationally, up 18% week over week. A good portion of it does, was done in the northern tier. Actually, Minnesota's over 60% harvested right now on their soybean crop. That probably carried into Wisconsin from talking to producers there. They were really pushing as this bean crop dried down extremely fast. You know, that's about 8% above the five-year average. And, you know, believe it or not, last year we we're actually a little bit ahead of this pace, uh, but that was probably due to the prices moving in the way they were too and the market really wanting beans just encouraging producers to get after them kind of very similar to this year corn's around 29 percent complete jump uh, basically that was up uh, about five percent over the last year seven percent above the five-year average so this corn crop also too drying down very quickly and uh, again we're starting to get these bushels moving so we're in the middle of, of some harvest pressure as well right now in the markets we had a nice move in that corn market this last few days martin the chart actually looks really good in corn like it wants to trend higher but we got a USDA report coming out next week on the 12th, so we'll have to watch that. We're expecting to see probably both corn and bean yields come higher, especially that bean yield. You know, So that could keep some pressure on the market as well as we're still trying to figure out the supply side of it. And then let's watch the weather. Things might be getting a little bit on the wetter side here, and that could slow down the harvest pace overall. Uh, so again, it's going to be uh, one of those windows here. We're going to just really have to see how things progress because uh, the demand is still there, and that's still keeping some good support in this market. Let's pivot to dairy then, John. Big moves yesterday as far as cheese and butter was concerned. And that's not the only movement we're seeing. Also, big announcement that Agripore and uh, Little Shoot going to do a major cheese expansion. That's great news for a lot of Wisconsin dairy. Yeah, it is. Anytime you get those types of expansions, and you know, we saw that announcement yesterday regarding that and that that large investment into that plant, and that brings just some more competition and some more demand for you know, milk supplies right here in Wisconsin. You know, nationally, we'll see how that, that you know doesn't shake out a whole lot in terms of the supply. But again, anytime you get another competing bidder uh, looking for supplies, it just helps out that cash market here for our local producers. So that's great to see, and uh, you know, be looking forward to watching that expansion take place. 
place and when they can step into the market and start being a buyer of milk. You know, that milk market's had a pretty nice rebound here in the last week or so, you know, back up and pushing the $18 level here in December and November. So that's good numbers to see. I think anytime we get back above 18, that's a window that producers need to start making sure they're building some floor underneath. We've seen a really good move in the cheese market here recently and pushing, you know, $1.79 on blocks, $1.79 on barrels. So basically almost steady with each other at this time frame. If you remember last year, the market was a lot more shaky. We were 90 cents between the spread uh, on blocks and barrels. Biggest thing we're seeing right now is seasonal demand is starting to kick in as we're moving into the fall and the retailers are starting to build their supplies for the holiday season, which is just right around the corner. And that's some of the things that's really supporting the market here. Still going forward, it's going to come down to production and where we are with these milk production reports and how much supply is still in the pipeline, which still stays pretty heavy at this time frame. We'll see if we got enough demand here to at least keep prices supported. But again, a good opportunity for producers to probably lock in some pretty good value. And so that's at least what I'm going to be putting in front of my producers this next few weeks. And just real quick then, what's happening with livestock, either cattle or hogs? We've seen a lot of volatility in those two markets. Cattle market's been extremely sold off. Yesterday, we had a big pop in both of them, one down on the hog side, up on the cattle side. We had first notice day for October cattle yesterday, so that brings a lot of volatility in the market, where the hog market probably is on the flip side of some spread trading. We've been seeing a lot of buy hog, sell cattle lately, and I think that flipped out yesterday a little bit. Biggest thing is the fundamentals are still not very good for cattle. The retail prices continue to slide. Cash market's just not very active so we're still watching what the money flow is doing here it feels a little bit more like of a, bo- a bounce than anything where the trend is still lower well a lot to digest that's for sure john what uh, again give them their contact information if they want to talk about any of those elements or more Sure. Give me a call anytime, 800-334-9779, or shoot me an email at johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com. And you mentioned earlier, don't forget that website, totalfarmmarketing.com. A lot of great information for producers out there. All right, buddy. We're going to let them soak that in. I'll plan on catching up with you again next week. Sounds great. Have a good week. All right, John Heinberg joining us live this morning from West Bend, a part of the Total Farm Marketing team. And like we said, a lot of different elements you can keep your eye on, whether it is the corn and soybeans you're harvesting right now, making sure you got the most there, whether it's uh, the dairy and those fluid milk contracts, like uh, John was saying, uh, starting to look decent, or whether you are trying to manipulate your way through the hog or cattle market. Again, TotalFarmMarketing.com will put you in touch. I also want to remind you, you know, now we've got a little rain in the forecast. Don't forget about our Midwest Farm Report talk text line. Any questions you've got for me, any topics you'd like us to focus in on, or of course, rain, uh, harvest updates, any of that, use the talk text line. You can call it 877-301-FARM, or you can text it 877 877- 301-3276. Our talk text line, the best way for you to communicate directly with me real time. And we'll be announcing our rain weather station coming up very soon. Catch up with you tomorrow.